welcome to the unofficial Disney Tonight Show podcast. If there's one thing this world definitely does not have enough of, it's podcasts. So into the breach steps comedian David Studebaker and his zany band of sidekicks to bring you a multimedia experience unlike anything the world has ever seen. Please give it up for my dear friend and your host, Mr. David Studebaker. Yes. Oh, look at that. Look at that. I was just I was just hanging out backstage and here I am. Thank you, James. Thank you, Walt and Mickey, as always. Uh, big supporters of the show. Oh, very excited for Casey Adler. He's one of the most talented actors in Hollywood. He's been on free form. Excited for James still hitting hard those that liquid death water, uh, but he got it in the mug this time. The Disney Tonight Show mug. Uh, there you go. That's how you do it, buddy. A couple orders of business. The first thing is James sent me something. It's a Disney Parks food item that I find horrifying, but James uh, finds incredible. Do you want to tell them, the, the nice folks, what this item is? So it's available at Everglazed Donuts in Disney Springs. That's in, in Florida. So it's only available at the Florida uh, Disney's. And it is... It is a grilled cheese sandwich encased in glazed donuts instead of bread. That sounds delicious. Okay. Like I would, I would probably eat like four of those. I'm not going to lie. I, yeah, you're missing out, man. I've, I've yeah. had a, I've had a, I've had the uh, cheeseburger with the Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. It was amazing. You know, what's funny heavy. about that. I had a, a, a TV gig like eight years ago where I, they made me try all these different foods. <laughs> and one of them was that glazed donut with a bur beer burger inside. It was oh. one of the most horrific experiences of my life. Oh. Uh, never again. Now that will be on the poll later. <laughs> Do you want the grilled cheese glazed donut? That will Yolo, be- YOLO, David, YOLO. You only live once. Yeah, right. Try it, everybody. As always, whenever there's a discussion here, we always <laughs> have to bring on Luke to be the deciding vote because he generally agrees with me and I love it. And he also <laughs> doesn't really listen. So uh, my co-host who doesn't like to be a co-host, Luke hey. McCoy, the amazing Luke McCoy. <laughs> And once again, Luke does not know the show he's on. He, he has yet to have a Disney shirt or background. Uh, he's, he's had E.T., he's had SpongeBob, and now he has The Office. Uh, he is not familiar with what we're doing here, but that's what makes him special and beautiful. We love you, Luke. So, Luke, what, do you, what is your take? Do you want a glazed donut grilled cheese sandwich? Okay, to, to James's credit, just by hearing this, I got heartburn, so I'll, I'm, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass yes. on the whole. That's my guy. It's not for me. You're, you're missing out. Yeah. You're missing out. I love <laughs> you, Luke. I can always count on you. So one thing, if you guys haven't seen, there's a new episode out called The Laugh Hour. It's a half hour of laughs. Hello, uh, and in that, there's a lot of great stories, including Mando, her grandmother. Uh, is the bravest woman alive. Mando tells a story uh, <laughs> where her grandmother, who lives in a mobile home in Florida, there yep. was a giant hurricane coming and she didn't want to leave. At some point, we got to have grandma on the show. On yeah, she would love it. We need to bring grandma. We need to interview grandma. <laughs> and spoiler alert, all of the other mobile homes around her were destroyed, except for <laughs> hers. It was a Walt Disney miracle. Uh, it but, really was. 
But at some point, we got to bring your grandma on. Does okay. she watch oh, yeah. the show? Is she a fan of the show? She does. Uh, she doesn't know how to navigate the whole Zoom thing. So <laughs> every week, I go over and visit her, and I always show her our latest YouTube video, and she absolutely I it. adores it. Uh, I love you, Grams. Mando lives in Florida, so I'm going to give Mando a mission this week. Your job is to to hunt down that glazed cheeseburger or that glazed uh, grilled cheese sandwich thing and murder it. That, and by murder, I mean eat it. And uh, well, actually, and report Mando, back. Report back to how it is. Mando, okay? we you got it, James. We, do you want that monstrosity? I'm lactose intolerant, so it won't kill me. I just I just sent her on a suicide mission. Yeah, don't do that. Okay. Yes. Move I've on. Got you. Turn off. I get utter nausea. <laughs> Let's bring Jake in. Does does Jeff Goldblum have a restraining order against? Is Jeff okay? Are you guys cool? Well, I haven't okay? heard from him. I haven't heard from him, so that might mean he does have a restraining order on me. We are going to at some point get Jeff Goldblum on the show. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Be, we He's might just like, all turn oh, our you? screens off and just let them chop it up because it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> Before we bring on our guest, we have uh, an amazing sponsor who has stuck with us. The unofficial Disney Tonight Show is sponsored by LaCroix Collectibles. Items currently for sale include a vintage 1950, 1950s quick, oh, quick tube <laughs> aluminum uh, ice cube tray. Easy, easy for you to say. <laughs> Luke is so mean with that quick cube. Sorry, man, no, continue. No, you're Go fine. I, I didn't, I looked at it, I was like, I guess I'll take my best shot at it. <laughs> this ice cube tray is perfect for your next WandaVision cosplay party. The next item for sale is a, uh, Jarfra, a Jarfra loyal almond rich body oil. <laughs> is this used? Is this a used one? It's open box. It's not used, oh. but it's open box. Oh gosh. Wait a minute, that's hella suspicious. Right, thank you. Thank you. So you could slather your salty dry body with Jar Jarfra. Last but never least, a George Washington Carver collectible Hallmark doll. Celebrate history with George Washington Carver. Now with a reduced price. I'm terrified of that doll. <laughs> hey, that doll know, is his third prize in our YouTube contest. Sorry, I've had Amanda. so many people on TikTok tell me and DM me about this doll. They want this doll is the best item. They said. That's right, <laughs> Luke. You got to raise the price. Yeah, yeah. raise the price. Yeah. Yeah. Raise that price. GameStop, baby. GameStop it. Raise that <laughs> price. Find all your favorite collectibles by searching Luke Tizzle or Lacroix collectibles on eBay. Now back to you, David. <laughs> And let me just say that lotion, open box, never used. That is I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Don't buy secondhand lotion. You know what's you know oh, funny, bro. James? Can I be honest with you? I actually have before. So don't, you know, I listen, I'm no shame Wait, in my I'm skin missing. regimen. Now we are going to get to our special guest for this evening. He was on Bunheads, on Freeform. Uh, he's done a, a, a ton of amazing projects beyond acting. He is a he's a renaissance man. So I am very excited to bring on my dear friend, Casey Adler. Give it up. So we are going to structure this interview like a day at Disneyland. So and I have my I have my Tomorrowland shirt, every attraction ever at Tomorrowland, including the ironic ones like Autopia. I love I love the like Autopia is so funny because it's 
it, it started in Tomorrowland as a futuristic thing. And now it's like such a, a throwback of just gas guzzling, you know, <laughs> slow cars. So we're going to start off in Frontierland. We're going to talk about Casey's past. So uh, you are on it, Bunheads. And I got to say, we want to even start just slightly before Bunheads. Like yep. my very first professional gig, I played the stunt double for an animatronic sheep on a telecommunications Swedish commercial. <laughs> so this sweet, this Swedish animatronic sheep could not move. It could only do like this. And so they hired me to be its body double to move two steps. Oh and that was my very first professional, professional game. It was humiliating in every dimension after like going to a four year, you know, uh, theater school and like wanting to learn acting and be family. Well, and then, and then weren't you in a Best Buy commercial where they put you in some giant suit? <laughs> and that was, yeah, that was right after, that was right after this uh, telecommunication Swedish it's commercial. It's like this particular sheep in Sweden is like the Geico Gecko. It's oh, okay. everywhere. This is your big break in Sweden. <laughs> a month before Bunheads, I was a an alien on Star Trek Into the Darkness. And I, I was like a featured alien. So that was a lot of fun. And then like a week after that, I booked Bunheads and I was like, oh my gosh, I have, I have dialogue. This is great. Yeah, no, they, you've graduated from <laughs> stunt doubles and aliens and sheep yeah. and Best Buy. Were, were you in a backpack on Best Buy? Was it like a giant backpack? I, I'm, a, I'm a shorter individual. So they backpackized me onto a, a taller guy's uh, back. Hey, I don't want to offend any of the Bunhead fans. I, it seemed like it was a nice not, show. Not I wasn't offend a, I, the deer cult. I, I know. The Bunhead faithful are strong. Maybe because I didn't know what was going on in the story the other stuff didn't land as well but all i know is that when you were on that show was was fire i'm not gonna say you're wrong in any of that I, but it, it was a pleasure to be a part of the show uh it was amy sherman paladino's show i don't know if you guys know amy sherman she created gilmore girls and she's now the um, creator of what's the show on Amazon? Uh, oh, Marvelous Mrs. Marvelous Mrs. Mrs. Maisel. Maisel. She's amazing, and it was a lot of fun to work with her and her husband Daniel Palladino and um, all the actors Sutton Foster. So I was kind of like a you know I was a kid in a candy shop on on the set being there and just like wow you know I'm on a set I'm on a studio set and you don't realize you know how amazing an opportunity it is until you know two years later you haven't been hired again and you're like oh, this is terrible. I was really lucky was there like an experience or a moment when you wanted or decided that you like a creative career was for you and like acting was for you I was five years old I saw the movie Jaws I watched it over and over and over and over again Roy Scheider at the very end when he you know I don't want to give away Jaws, but if you haven't seen it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, Spoiler alert. I, I had 40 years and I was, I was just, like, I was a month away. I was a it's month away. It's in my Amazon queue right now. <laughs> Spoiler alert. He shoots the, you know, kablooey and he says, you know, smile, you son of a, and he never says it. But he, um, I, I was always like, I want to do that. I really like that seems fun. And uh, I wanted to be a kid actor, but my my parents were like, are you crazy? Like, you're not going to um, be a kid actor and completely be exploited by 
um, ruthless Hollywood quite yet. <laughs> was it was it saying the bad word or blowing up the shark that made you excited to be an actor? That's what uh, I probably know. everything. Everything. <laughs> all right, all right, okay, I, I saw that movie and then Fantasia. I was really excited. I love music and then yeah um and then this movie i rewatched it i think it's still great everyone says it's not good but i think it's amazing is blood sport with jean-claude van damme yeah (laughs) it's incredible it's so good and it got me into taekwondo and martial arts when i was a I, I love I love Jaws, Bloodsport, and yeah. Fantasia. Those yeah, are, <laughs> I, that explains Casey perfectly. I, I, I was not really like a, a, a cartoony guy when I was like five or six, seven. Well, you know what I love is that the the, the Disney movie you chose is like the most kind of highbrow, filled with symbolism. <laughs> I'm an artistic music. snob. Yeah, <laughs> we we got a real Hollywood snob. You even got the snobby like uh, couch behind you. <laughs> you are. Are just killing it let's talk about the writing so you you have a children's book and you're a playwright so let's talk about a, both yeah, of those i wrote a children's book with my sister a few years ago called yorkie town it's about a big giant yorkie who learns to love himself for who he is um and it ended up partnering with um some organizations like ryan seacrest foundation and they're a, amazing amazing uh organization they have little like radio stations inside children's hospitals across the country drag queen story hour another great national organization uh where drag queens uh read children's books to to kids across the country i am also a playwright with the actor studio play development unit i write screenplays and pilots and i just finished my first novella over over the pandemic so i'm trying to be like david and who wrote a amazing book i have not read yet though it's on my <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta read it you gotta read it no that, you know what you, david buddy. is inspiring for that because i i also started a novel because of him so you know that's fantastic Thank yeah you guys. appreciate it you guys are very kind back to the disney front so uh <laughs> you, you went to chapman university which is uh, a stone's throw from disneyland that is where casey and i met that's where our love was born um, I was not at Chapman. I couldn't afford it. I was just hanging out at Chapman uh, with- I still great- can't afford it, David. I still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casey's going to be paying that Chapman University education oh, yeah. off for a long time. But Oren Pelleg, who we're going to get on the show down the road, he worked at Disney Animation. Um, he directed a movie that I co-wrote with Oren and I was in part of. So Casey played Oren basically. Casey and Oren yeah. are good friends. I'm Jewish, he's also Jewish, but he loves being Jewish more than I am. I like being <laughs> Jewish also. He loves it. He, uh, it is true, he, I mean, Oren wrote for the Jewish Journal. Uh, yeah. he, he, he just worked for an organization that helps welcome in uh, people who are Jewish to the community and put on events. So oh, he is no, he is very much he is very much embedded in the Los Angeles Jewish community. Maybe. But we wrote a film called <laughs> Big Briss. Uh, and Casey, do you want to tell the story of the film that you starred in? The highlight of my my career, obviously. <laughs> hey, you know what? Really quick, before I say anything, before you go. It actually won awards. In it's a great festivals. film. I, I so love it. Casey and I both have said that need we or needed to have adapted into a feature. But I'll let I've you been take telling the floor. him for probably ten years straight to yeah. turn it into a feature. Anyways, yeah, it's about yeah. a um like a seventeen-year-old Jewish young stand-up, and uh, on this he finally gets a um, an opportunity to have his big stand-up show. Uh, but unfortunately, it comes 
out that uh, his original bris, which is the cutting of the schlong as a, a baby, <laughs> was not done by a certified rabbi. Is that I believe? Yes. Yeah. So and, and the line from the mom was, "It was done by a," or from the rabbi said, "It was done by a goy doctor." Right. And, by, and right. that. And that blood must be drawn. Bris. I don't know if that's legitimately true. In, in no, well, that I was the, I mean, that's the the verbiage that Oren used. He's the yeah, expert. He, okay, he, don't argue so, with a columnist for the Jewish Journal. Yeah. So the night of his big stand-up gig was the same night as when they they had set it up that he had to do this in a public forum. So it was like in a big giant theater, and so. He goes to the stand-up show. He chooses that over his faith. But then at the show, he absolutely tanks because he listens to his manager who instead of doing like the jokes he wants to do, he yeah. has him do like Schwarzenegger impressions and like talk, try, like talk, you got to talk about Britney Spears. And, yeah. and so oh, he's like totally not true to himself. And I, I was the MC. I played the MC for that show. And I, on one of the previous days, ate something that was catered that had C. coli in it, which is like E. coli, but like a little bit, not quite as bad, but like you can't die from it, but it's like two weeks of hell. So yeah. I had eaten that the previous day. And so the day of uh, my shoot day, I had like a hundred and zillion degree fever. There was literally, they had like five jackets on me. Yep, I, I was running to the bathroom between takes but I, I gutted it out and then literally they drove me to the airport like immediately after and I flew home. Uh, when, let me tell you, a Southwest flight when you have C. coli, not a fun experience. I don't recommend oh, it. Um, it's, that's just called oh a normal God. Southwest flight for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> so he go, you go to that gig, uh, you tank, and then you realize I was wrong. I should have been true to my to my family and to my faith, and I'm gonna go back and do it. And then what happens is as the rabbi is preparing all the knives, you start telling jokes to the hundreds of people that your parents invited to watch you have this happen, and you kill, and you do jokes that are true to yourself and to what you like, and it's a happy ending, and everyone loves it, and we won awards. Everything he just said is true, and you guys can't watch this <laughs> anywhere because it's a actually. You know actually, what? it's on, see... it's 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 on Vimeo. I found it. It's on Vimeo. Oh, you is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Are there any other projects that you really loved in in your past that you that you did? Any acting projects that were really fun? I was um up for one of like the leads of Grandfathered. Uh, and and then I didn't get it. It was, it was his opposite, John Stamos. But then I ended up booking this really fun NBA pilot uh, that was that took place on the Golden State Warriors I remember team. That. Yeah, a year before they like exploded as like the the one of the greatest teams in history, and uh, it didn't get picked up. And with grandfathered, you didn't get the lead, but weren't you on the show? At yeah, I played a, like a, a furry, so you know, a chicken guy. Uh, I wore like a chicken costume. You had that Back training. You know, I have a beef with that show because didn't they move it? I felt like there was like you announced it uh, that you were going to be on an episode, and then they like moved your episode to the following week or something. All I know is I recorded what I thought was the Have right one. And then I watched like the whole show and I'm like, I only watched this for Casey. I mean, I love John Stamos, great guy, but you know, I was here for Casey and I didn't see him. He was a very nice guy. I was at like the network audition for like the lead series regular part, which I ended up not getting. 
And uh, I was like so nervous, um, but I was excited at the same time. He was like, you know, I started, mas- I, I was like in the bathroom and I was like, hey, John, what's up, man? And he like uh, massaged my shoulders, like, you don't get it, don't worry, you know? It was, like, <laughs> it was very ominous if you really think. Some bathroom therapy <laughs> that's session. The, yeah. That's the nicest way of saying you have no shot. I already know yeah. they want to go with this other guy, but I'm going to give you a John Stamos story for fun. We're going to shift over to Adventureland. What's the best vacation you've ever taken? Uh, two years ago, I went to Nashville. It was really cool. I was there to record a few demos. I got to go see like some cool bands. Uh, I did like a 90s uh, music, country music night. I got a free ticket to like this super cool event where like uh, Brooks and Dunn were playing and uh what are all the other big ones? Alan, whatever. Alan, uh, Alan whatever. Um, they all have mustaches. Jake, and... you know, Jake, you're, you're a big country fan. What, oh, what, yeah. What are some of the other just... <laughs> hit, hit, hit us with it, Jake. I'm the least biggest country <laughs> music fan in the world. Did, did you have that? Did you have that stash at the same time that you went to Tennessee? I did it. I really should have. I would have fit in much, much better. Did you go to Gillies? Did you go to world famous Gillies? Honestly, I don't remember what happened, but I <laughs> he was, he was falling I, I get it. Okay. the whole time. There you go. All right. Okay. <laughs> he was on a bender. Enough said. And I asked this to our last guest, and I'm going to ask you it. Who is the most famous celebrity you have ever met? Uh, Robert De Niro. Um, oh. oh my gosh, really? Another very sad story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I um, went to New York for, to I, I auditioned for this role in uh, The Intern by Nancy Myers. And, uh, and then I went to New York and uh, had a call back with Robert De Niro. And so I, uh, you know, I got to act with him, you know, in an audition room for about 20 minutes and he was as nice as can be. But the, uh, but Nancy Myers asked me to do a, a Robert De Niro impression in front of him. Uh, oh my and God, I honestly no. like one of the reasons I didn't get it. What impression did you do? I was just like, you, you, you know, you. And then that was it. I was like, how many times has this guy gotten this impression? You couldn't have done oh taxi driving. You couldn't have done that. You're talking, you to, me. You're talking to me. You're talking to me. Casey, I got to say, you getting your legs taken out from you. I mean, that first of sucks. all, John Stamos knows going in that you're not going to get it. So he gives you a massage. And then I can't think of all the actors in the world. I can't think of one I would less want to have to do an impression of yeah. in an audition that's like a huge break for me than yeah. Robert De Niro. Because yeah, number one, everyone does the De Niro thing. So you're not yeah. breaking new ground. No, I'm not breaking any ground. He's yeah. so serious. He's, and he's he such a inside in the audition room he was a very nice like he's, he's nice everyone's great but, but he's like in terms of like yeah, actors like exactly. he's like an actor's actor in terms he's of his actor's process actor. and what he does so the fact that like to showcase oh. your acting chops it's not like you know give oh us some God. really deep method you know work here <laughs> no, do a terrible <laughs> to De oh of this guy who's gonna hate you. it was so bad and uh i mean that wasn't the whole audition but i it indelibly like stayed with me yeah but, i mean that yeah, i would be rattled i scarred you you think you think that was funny you think that was funny you know what's funny though casey you know what's funny about james 
if James had an audition with Robert Neer, they wouldn't have had to ask him. The moment James <laughs> comes in, he'd be doing, are you talking to me? You talking, talking to me? He's talking to me. De Niro would fire him just because he would know the whole the whole set would just be James. And, okay, cut. And then James walks over. What do you think about this one, Robert? How do you what do you think? What, what do you, come on, come on, come on. Level with me, all right? Yeah. If you're familiar with the Meet the Team episode, James was basically being Gaston's lawyer, uh, defending Gaston from Beauty and the Beast, saying he's misunderstood and not a villain. And what's really crazy is the Disney executives heard about it, and now they're developing a new movie with J starring James that's coming out this year. A funny thing happened to Gaston on his way to the tavern. You're a villain. Belle and Beast were in love and you stabbed him in the back. They weren't in love. She just had Stockholm Syndrome. He got labeled a villain in a small provincial town. I'm not a villain. Beast is a villain. I'm innocent. Now this muscle-bound, gun-toting, egg-eating heartthrob is in trouble. And only one man can save him. Do you know an attorney? I think I can call someone. He's not your typical hero. Who? My cousin Jimmy. It's not his first argument. You don't look like a lawyer. You don't either. And your accent's stupid. But it might be his best. Jimmy, you can't argue with the locals. You stick out like a derriere. And stop eating my eggs. You better have a good case. Your Honor, listen up. Beast is the real villain here. Do you have any evidence? Evidence? Forget about it. Of course I got evidence. I got evidence you wouldn't believe. Would you like to present any of this evidence that I would not believe? Ay ay ay. Who does this guy think he is with these demands? I'm the judge. But with Jimmy's case and Jimmy's passion, Gaston might be dead meat. I have a bad feeling about this. James D. Creviston is my cousin Jimmy. I'm lawyering here. I think it's going to be a hit. Beautiful. Uh, so now uh, we're going to jump into Tomorrowland. Just before the oh. shutdown, you had a very exciting role uh, in Wanda Sykes' upcoming show on Netflix. Yeah. So that where's that at right now? Well, uh, that's a multi-cam sitcom. So typically mm. you shoot those in front of a live studio audience. It was an incredible experience. Uh, I hadn't been on Sunset Gower Studios since Bunheads, actually. Oh, wow. uh, so it's really a, a pleasure to, to do that. But I went in originally for a different role, a very small role. Uh, and then I got called back for it. Um, and I was, I, you know, during the callback, I was you don't want to listen but you i was listening to the <laughs> actor in front of me he was so good he had such a great voice and i was like i'm not getting this but i went in did my thing left the casting director ran out and uh chased me down and said can you really can you read for another role really quickly so i had like oh 10 my, minutes man, you have had some audition experience oh my god oh my god that's horrifying it was super horrifying so <laughs> i went in for this like 20 year old role uh, then I reread for uh, a character that was written as a 50 year old character. So this, you can't, this is, you can't prepare for anything like this. So I had 10 minutes, I did it in front of Wanda Sykes and uh, a few other people. I wasn't prepared for Wanda to be in the room. I was like, 
oh my god she's like in the corner of my hey, eye i hope they didn't make you do an impression of her terrible oh no but then i, I got cast and uh and let me just say casey yeah. i don't know if you're looking on gallery uh, jake is not impressed by anything so his face <laughs> has stayed stone cold I mean, silent you I'm could be okay. like you know what i i just i actually invented the the most recent covid vaccine and jake would be like mm, yeah not, not, really that, not impressed never be impressed by anything i think that's a, a strong well, way then, then, you know what jake is he's he's killing it on <laughs> Jake's that already won. he's gonna be you know, he's you know gonna kill it in hollywood you know, it's a great poem, If, by Rudyard Kipling. You, I got to say, you Take are you the most, you're the most highbrow guest we've ever had. Well, we haven't had a lot of guests so far, but you're going to be a high bar, for, except for Bloodsport. But other, other than that, you got Hey, Bloodsport's amazing. What are you doing? Come on. He has this line, like, if you can keep your head while you walk with those around you in bars, and if you can... Uh, uh, make sure you're you're not too you know big for yourself when you're walking with kings. Then you'll be you know sure of who you are. So Jake, I think you're I think you're Rudyard. All right. Didn't even do anything. There we go. <laughs> uh, if you could play any Marvel character, who would you want to play? This is gonna sound ridiculous because I'm five four, but uh, Wolverine. Yes. I, I'm Wolverine is short. I mean, you know, Wolverine is short, and with that stash, you keep growing. I, I, mean, I think I, so. James' question kind of counts for uh, for Tomorrowland and Fantasyland because let's be honest, you're not playing Wolverine. They, they don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but I mean, if I was casting it, I, I would. But you know, it's it's, it's not happening. I've been working out since the the beginning of the pandemic. Let me just tell you, I'm up to 116. Nice. <laughs> I retract my statement. It, you can play Wolverine, and we're going to make sure that happens. I think so you should retract your statement and apologize to the community of short men. Yeah. Well, hey, I actually height. Have... I said no, I didn't say a thing about height. I, just, I, I don't I, care. I, I want an I, apology. I mean, <laughs> okay. I apologize to the community of short men. But I said nothing about height. It was purely uh, bicep. I mean, if you want to give us a, if you want to prove me wrong, give me a, give me a. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. You don't need it. You don't, you don't deserve it. You should apologize to Kevin Hart's people as well. That's <laughs> Kevin Hart, Muggsy Bogues, Joe Pesci. Casey. Joe Pesci! <laughs> I could have made an Ant-Man joke and I didn't. So I want an apology <laughs> oh, for my restraint. You could have, but you did. Wow. You know, funny enough, I auditioned to play Joe Pesci in the movie Jersey Boys. I was close to playing like, you know, one of the great short men. You are one of the great. You are. One a... day someone will audition to play Casey Adams. That's right. That is right. Jake, uh, do you have a Fantasyland question for Casey? I hate, I to, I hate to inconvenience you, Jake. I, I apologize. <laughs> I, um, um. So I don't know how much of like a nerd you are for like Marvel or Star Wars, because these are the two I was thinking of. But if there's any franchise you could be a part of, what would it be? I have not gotten into Star Wars, I have to say. I 
never i never <laughs> jake, it. jake is gonna jump through the computer Do not and through it. You. don't kill me quite yet i um jake's gonna turn off his video and he's gonna walk he's gonna leave the show right now i mean jake you gotta understand this is the guy who was quoting rudyard kipling earlier and, uh, <laughs> and was inspired to act by the floating elephants in fantasia <laughs> <laughs> But I do love, you know, you know, Marvel and X-Men. So if I could be in the X-Men series, that would be pretty cool. Like inside the actor studio where they do the Pivo questions, we do the Disney Pivo questions. Now you you were right near Disneyland. You grew up in Southern California. So I'm assuming you've been to Disneyland. Now, our previous <laughs> guest, his favorite ride at Disneyland, he said, and he was being honest, was the bench in front of the castle at Disneyland, <laughs> which is the weirdest answer I've I, And I love him. He's a dear friend, but weirdest answer what? I've ever heard in my life. You're going to hate what? this answer, too. You're going to hate it. Okay, what, what is your favorite ride? I, I, say the tram back to the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've quoted Rudyard Kipling, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not a big roller coaster guy. I uh, I know it sounds like I sound like the biggest loser, but I it's something about like the height. I don't mind the speed, but the height kills me. And, and really, again, with the height jokes, I like you, if you're going to make know, me apologize, why are you serving me, them up it's to me? me? It's, not, it's not you, David. It's me. But um, what's that like? Oh, it's a small world. I loved that when I was a kid. <laughs> yes. Oh. I love I love that we have the no. bench and it's a small world. I mean, and I will say, Casey, I will defend you. I love it's a small world. I that is a great ride. And can I just no. say that's gonna answer uh whatever question five is because that song is haunting but also beautiful and that is truly my my favorite song. That is incredible. That is so outside the box. That, that not only do you love the ride, you also love the song, which most people, it drives them nuts. Okay, and then the final one, in general, in life and career, what gives you purpose? I'm addicted to the art of storytelling in all its forms and mediums, from music to, to poetry, to novels, to you know interpret, interpreting storytelling, like acting. I think that's the most important to be almost obsessed with whatever passion you have the poll results are in Pop james you did worse this time than last time with gaston let's see it's now 92 percent uh say gaston is a villain only eight percent agree with you um now you're all monsters you're all monsters now, now it was 50 50 on the grilled cheese glazed donut nice. 50 percent said they they would eat it 50% said no. No one said they wouldn't eat it for health or personal reasons. Everyone just, <laughs> 50 just said it does not sound good. So uh, for me, it's both. All right. So we're going to jump right in on the audience Q&A. Mando, do you want to read the first one? I'm nervous. Uh, I'm not going to lie. My heart's pumping. <laughs> <laughs> we, had a, we had a mishap last time, uh, a, a, a gender mishap, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> jump, jump on in. Okay, God help me here. Um, <laughs> this is from an anonymous attendee. They said, I may have missed it, but what was your favorite role you played? Big yeah, no, I, I, I mentioned <laughs> I, definitely the big breast, but uh, just going to theater for a second. Uh, one of my favorite roles I've played was uh, the role of Murph in The Indian Wants of Bronx, which is a, a one act play about uh, two you know, Americans being extremely xenophobic and they uh, it 
clashes at the very end. It's about, you know, American racism and xenophobia. It's by Israel Horvitz. It was played by Al Pacino in his, in the seventies. So uh, it was one of, I learned a lot from that character and uh, that I could do dramatic did um, they make you do a Pacino uh, impression <laughs> in the audition? Is that? Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I was pure, basic. They, they, they just put a, 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 an iPad on my face and played. <laughs> yeah. You're out of order. This whole courtroom's out of order. <laughs> our, that's our, not. That's not Pacino. Yeah, it is. And justice for all. Is, Get out of here with that. It is. Yeah, Pacino. that's one of his right. greatest roles. Wow. It is. It's an incredible film. That and not movie is so good. That's one of. The, I'd say that is the most underrated Pacino movie, or at least one of the most underrated. Like I that. Agree. What's a, uh, if you want to see a really bad Pacino movie by that same playwright Israel Israel Horovitz, watch Author Author. It's always great to see like great actors do bad material. So <laughs> is it that is it because the script is bad, or is it because the acting's bad for the for the one that you uh, everything. Uh, <laughs> and i'll just jump in quickly uh i saw in the chat a dear friend of mine laura ortega said to casey what movie director slash actor would you like to work with uh anyone who takes the craft seriously like quentin tarantino spielberg i mean denzel washington he's producing and directing and, le and let me just say casey Jake was not impressed by any of those names. <laughs> None of them. He's he's like, eh, Denzel, not that great. You know, he's you know, not, not impressed. Good. Uh, Luke, and if you're worried about Luke, Luke, uh, he's very tired. Okay. He's he's, he's he's watching he's watching something on Netflix. Yeah. Right now. He yeah. watching he's the watching, Office. He's, he's rewatching the Office on Peacock or something. He's watching a Denzel movie right now. Yeah, he's yeah. actually <laughs> enjoying a Denzel. Film. <laughs> he's so, not even uh, here. He's not paying attention. <laughs> All right, our final our final audience uh, question. What is the hardest thing you've had to overcome so far? It's just the industry so just trying to just getting an in-person audition is hard getting to a callback is hard getting all the way to the very end and doing your very best and knowing you did excellently and still not getting the role that's the hardest thing to to swallow and then still keep going uh it's that feeling of knowing you couldn't do better uh like if you if you failed and you were like, oh, that was terrible, uh, that's one thing. But it to do great and know you can't do anything else and still not get the role, it's uh, it's hard. I have so much respect for for actors. I mean, you do other things, but your you know your bread and butter is yeah. acting. And yeah. I have because like for me, I act, but my bread and butter is stand up. And with right. stand up, it's a different thing where like I basically know. You know, I put in enough years. I know every year the corporate gigs are going to come around for holiday parties. For the clubs that I work, will book me. There's like there's a regularity of that. But as an actor, even the the greatest actors, yeah. they they're they're contingent on someone else. I mean, unless they're producing it themselves. But oh, most yeah. of the time, you're then you're wearing another uh, then you're wearing another hat. Exactly. So that's not just acting. And exactly, uh, if you're exactly. You're an actor. If you start purely an act. That's why. A lot of actors end up by the end of their career wearing tons of hats. If you just look at DiCaprio or even Brad Pitt, like these are huge stars. They don't need to produce anything, but still they're not getting things that they want to get made and be a part of. So um, that's why they end up producing or in terms of like Denzel acting, writing, directing, producing, you know, doing every single 
elements of it. And yeah. then that can then diminish your acting because when you're when you're directing and acting that that spreads you thin. And so it's one of the few jobs where like, you know, most jobs you interview, but then you have the job and yep. then you do it. But it's like there's such a barrier to entry. You're an amazing actor. In my opinion, you should have every role you want, but Thank you're you, contingent Chris. on other people. And that it like is. that stress, That's like it's, it's so hard. So yeah, sorry. I agree. That's what's the most difficult, frustrating thing about acting is reliant upon someone else to give you the opportunity to do your art form. Whereas writing, you can do it every single moment, every single day. Yes, you can do monologues, but still monologues are a very uh, slim version of acting because it's an old saying, but acting is reacting. It requires yeah. two or more people beyond your talent just your bravery like just just and people say oh you're so brave but like so they're there it's not even even bravery it's just like actors like you who are who do it for a living and are in it like 100 you have a level of strength in your midsection where you have to take punches over and over yep. and over again and the ability to do that the ability to just be a working actor and not quit two and a half years ago i was a page at paramount and I was giving like tours uh, and I, you know, I took the opportunity to like, you know, work on my acting and do accents and, you know, have some fun with the, the tours. I think there were two or three tours where like some young, um, uh, like 17, 18, 19, uh, they, they, they're like, you were on Bunheads. And I was like, yes. And now I'm giving you a tour. So <laughs> oh, that's rough. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's an ego punch <laughs> jake as much as as hard as it's going to be at least act like you're impressed by him right now uh because really like casey you're an impressive guy it it's been absolutely incredible to have you on the show thank you so much for yeah, taking thank you everyone time. thank you so thank much you thank soon. you so and much I, I, thank you i really appreciated uh being on this podcast with you guys it was a lot of fun and uh thank you for uh in in you know listening to my uh ramblings well, we, we loved it. Even the Rudyard Kip, Kipling uh, poetry, <laughs> we loved all of it. And yeah, so so that's that's the end of the show. For next week, uh, we'll be doing another one of our laugh hours. So keep an eye out for that. And remember, if, you're, if you are a fan of the show, it really helps if you subscribe on YouTube, leave a comment, uh, uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and all the podcast apps. We love all the support and all the feedback and all of our people who joined us live. Thank you so much. We thank really appreciate it. It really helps the show, you being here. Uh, so we'll definitely see you in the after party. My name is David Studebaker. We are the unofficial Disney Tonight Show. See you soon. <laughs>